Welcome back to the Your Comedy Coach podcast. I'm your comedy coach, Linda Landeros. In today's episode, we talk about how to deal with stage fright. But first, a word from our sponsors, which would be me. I sponsor myself by telling you about my online comedy classes and coaching services. I teach an intro to comedy class on the platform Udemy. In that class, I teach you how to do stand-up, improv, and sketch in an integrated way. By the end of the course, you will know how to write jokes, sketches, and characters to perform on stage or on social media. Speaking of which, I also teach a TikTok marketing for comedians course where we take what you've learned in intro to comedy and we apply it to social media so that you can grow a platform and start gaining fans. I also offer one-on-one coaching services. If you've performed stand-up before and you have some material that you need punched up and you want to make it as funny as possible, that's what I'm here to help you do. To learn more about my online and soon in-person classes, as well as my coaching services, head to the link tree that's in the description box or in the show notes. Now back to the program. Stage fright, anxiety, butterflies in the stomach. This sensation has many names and can produce any number of side effects from sweaty palms to sweaty pits, although that happens anyways, right? To an increase in one's heart rate, to rapid and shallow breathing. What this sensation boils down to is nervousness. You're nervous and that's normal. That is okay. So what is this feeling? Why do we experience this? And what does knowing and being aware of this have to do with dealing with stage fright? In stand-up comedy in particular, because you're on stage by yourself, that is where a lot of the nerves and anxiety are coming from. This is a form of public speaking. And anytime you're in front of a crowd, it's a nerve wracking experience. It should be. If it isn't, you might be a narcissist. There's an evolutionary explanation for this. We as humans seek safety in the herd. The herd is the audience. So for you to be on stage where you're being seen by everyone in the audience, it can be a very vulnerable position to be in. You're kind of at the mercy of the crowd, if you think about it. I find that reminding myself that there's an evolutionary reason for this feeling helps me put this into perspective because it reminds me that I am not the only human being who has experienced stage fright. It's a very common occurrence among performers and public speakers and anyone who has to be in front of a crowd. So let's talk about some tangible things we can do to combat stage fright. Let's start with some physical things we can do. Before you get on stage, do a warm-up. A warm-up should consist of something that you do for your body. So some physical movement to get, you know, get the body moving, get the blood flowing. You also want to do some breath work. Because, again, when we're public speaking, we really want to be supporting our breath with the diaphragm. So doing some breath work to help us engage that. We also want to do exercises to work on our speech and clarity. So things like red leather, yellow leather, rubber baby buggy bumpers, Sally sells seashells by the seashore, things like that. Make sure your warm-up incorporates something physical, something for the breath, and something for clarity of speech. Obviously, practice and rehearse a lot. The great thing about stand-up comedy is that you get to write your own material. So I find that it's easier to memorize stuff that I have written because it's coming from 
my genuine thoughts and my opinions. So it's what I think. I'm just telling you what I think in the moment. Things like practicing your set in front of the mirror. That's something that I like to do or just practicing when you're not in front of a mirror. <laughs> no, I, I like to practice my set in the car as well. There's something about just being in the car by myself, going through my jokes. I find that that's really helpful. I also do something called soft rehearsing. I don't know if this is an actual thing, but it's where I rehearse, but it's not the intention of what I mean to be doing in the moment. So for example, let's say I have some chores to do around the house and I need to vacuum or something. I rehearse my material as I'm vacuuming. Another thing you can do is mentally practice your set. Just mentally go through it. Maybe as you're lying down, getting ready to go to sleep at night, you visualize yourself on stage, going through your material, you're mentally practicing. And you know, you might get some intrusive thoughts like, oh, what if someone actually throws a tomato at me? Or what if something else happens while I'm performing? You can mentally practice how to deal with them because you never know what will arise in reality, but having that mental practice will help if those moments arise. So stage fright to me is a form of anxiety. Now, I don't really deal with stage fright, at least not anymore. I do get nerves and excitement before I go on stage, but it's excitement. And you should always have some sort of feeling of excitement or nervousness before you go on stage because it shows that you care. It shows that you care about doing a good job and giving your audience the best show possible. But for me personally, I've always loved to perform. So the idea of doing stand-up comedy where the spotlight is on me has always been really exciting and something to look forward to. And that's what made me want to get on stage. And that desire overpowers my fear. But I am a highly anxious person. I deal with anxiety and it's hard. I, I know the challenges of dealing with an anxiety disorder. So I want to give you some other things to think about that might help you deal with your anxiety if your stage fright is connected to some bigger form of anxiety. Take care of yourself. This means eating well, sleeping well, getting exercise. I find that because a lot of that nervous sensation lives in the stomach, in the gut, I have had to make a lot of changes to the foods and the drinks that I consume over the years to help manage my anxiety. For example, I don't drink as much coffee anymore. I'm actually transitioning out of coffee. I have since switched to tea and it has made such a difference. I used to start off every day with like a huge panic and anxiety attack. And a lot of it was connected to the fact that I start off my day with a lot of coffee. So I cut that out and I already feel just so much better in the mornings. But doing other things like eating well, you know, you got to eat well for your gut, sleep well, getting plenty of rest. And that's, that can be one of the hard things to do because there's a lot of things about the stand-up comedian lifestyle at least what we traditionally think of as the stand-up comedian lifestyle that go against these things that you need to do to take care of your anxiety and your mental health. So what I say is find balance and also put yourself first. There's no need to stay and hang out at a comedy club 
for hours after you've performed your set just to hang out with other comedians. And I'm not, I'm not saying don't hang out with other comedians. I'm just saying that if you're going to hang out after the club, talk to the people who are watching the show. That is your opportunity to win over fans. If not, just go home <laughs> and talk to your comedian friends the next day during business hours. So this is all kind of touching on my next tip for dealing with anxiety in terms of the bigger picture, and that is making lifestyle changes. Because I know that when I was hanging out with comedians, doing lots of comedy every night of the week, getting home late, super wired, and just, you know, I always had like a lot of adrenaline, especially after doing stand-up comedy. I get this huge adrenaline rush, and then it takes me forever to like wind down and fall asleep, which is why performing stand-up comedy at night has always been very challenging for me, especially as someone who who has always had to work a day job. And when I was doing a lot of comedy in LA, I was working at an elementary school. So I was getting home late, getting up early, wasn't getting the best sleep in the world. It's not a good recipe for performing at your best. And the other thing is, and I kind of talked about this with some of your dietary changes, you might need to avoid drugs and alcohol. Now, call me a hypocrite because I certainly have not in my day, but I feel so much better sober. And I just want to put this out there. If you need drugs or alcohol to be funny, you are not funny. The true test of how funny a comedian is, is how well they can perform when not just they are sober, but the audience is sober as well. Comedy clubs can make it very easy for the audience to have a good time and to laugh by forcing them to buy a two drink minimum. And I'm not saying that that's not, I mean, that's the comedy club vibe. That's what it is. The two drink minimum, it started for a reason. And that was to get people liquored up so they would laugh more, so they would have more fun and then they would come back. So to me, and I'm not saying that people who drink aren't funny. It's just, it's a cheat to me. If you cannot be funny and entertaining when you're sober, alcohol and drugs, they might help in the short term, but they're going to destroy you in the long term. By this point in history, we have so many stories of comedians who overdid it with the alcohol and drugs and died some really tragic, lonely deaths. So I don't want that for you. And you don't need that to be funny. Learn to work sober. Something else you can do is practice gratitude. Practicing gratitude means just being grateful and taking the moments to be grateful to be able to do what it is that you do. We here in the United States of America truly take this concept of freedom of speech for granted. Freedom of speech means we can say whatever we want without being persecuted by our government. And that exists here in the United States. But that is not the case for other parts of the world. There are comedians in other countries who get jailed for saying certain things on stage, for making fun of the people in charge. Reminding yourself that what you get to do is an absolute privilege. To me, it helps put me in a mindset of like, there's something bigger at stake here. And that overpowers my fear. 
And of course, reminding yourself that this is a normal thing to experience. Stage fright is perfectly normal. And if someone tells you they've never experienced stage fright, they're lying. <laughs> I bet you they're lying. Ultimately, when it comes to dealing with stage fright, what you're going to realize is that it never entirely goes away. But what you're going to do is you're going to transform that energy into excitement. And that excitement is going to come out as energy on stage. Now, I want to take a moment to talk to some of you out there. Some of you who may have sent me messages on Instagram and TikTok about wanting to do stand-up and wanting to give it a try, but being too nervous. That is normal, first of all, because I'm telling you, I get a lot of messages from people saying they want to try stand-up, but they're too scared or they're too nervous or they don't know how to get started. So I want to take a moment to talk to any of you out there who might be listening on how to prepare for your first open mic. Because I'm going to assume that you haven't performed any type of comedy in front of a live audience. When it comes to preparing for your first open mic, there's a lot you can do ahead of time to prepare, such as writing down your material. A lot of people want to get on stage, but then you realize you don't have anything to say. Think about what you want to say on stage. Write it down. People always say that the way to get started in stand-up comedy is to go to an open mic. I disagree. The way to get started is to write some jokes down. Write them on a piece of paper. Memorize them. And then get on stage. Getting on stage is the second step, actually. When you're preparing for your first open mic, take the pressure off yourself and be realistic. No one is going to come offer you a Netflix special or an HBO special after your first open mic. Your first open mic is just that. It's your first open mic. You're not going to get discovered. You're not going to be expected to be as good as the comedians who've been doing this for much longer. You just have to get started. You just have to rip that band-aid. And I find that like taking the pressure off yourself and being realistic about what you're going to do on stage and what will and will most likely not happen when you get off stage, it helps to redirect my focus. Because if I get on stage and think, oh my God, every time I get on stage, I might have a chance at impressing someone who can give me a network deal or whatever, which honestly, that stuff doesn't happen anymore. Not in this way. You're just getting up on stage to tell jokes. That's it. It'll either go well or it won't. But either way, at some point in your journey, you're going to get on stage and kill. You're going to, ah, oh, you're going to do so good. And then at another point in your journey, you're going to get on stage and you're going to bomb. You're going to flop so bad. You're going to suck balls and you're going to deal with it. You're also going to have a bunch of shows in between those two extremes. So you just have to get started and you just have to find what happens first and be prepared for everything to happen. You will get on stage and fail and you'll be fine. You'll actually become a better comedian if you're willing to get on stage and fail and work through it. Something that really helped me was transferring related skills. Now, by the time I started doing stand-up, I had already been a dancer, an actor, I had done some teaching, so I had some experience with public speaking. So I had all these other skills to transfer to stand-up comedy. 
so that by the time I got on stage at my first open mic, I remember looking out into the audience and I was like, this is, it feels kind of like being in front of a classroom of students because everyone is just staring at you like, like with this face, like what the fuck do you have for us? Felt a lot like teaching. But think about how you can transfer any related skills that you already have. Maybe you've performed in some other capacity. Maybe you've done speech and debate. Maybe you've done public speaking. But you probably have these other skills that you can transfer to stand-up comedy. Finally, set a goal for yourself and keep it small and simple. So maybe your goal is to just do your first open mic. Great. Also, give yourself a reward once you meet that goal. So once you do your first open mic, reward yourself. Maybe you're going to treat yourself to froyo or to a day at the beach or I don't know, whatever it is you like to do. So that's all I really have for this episode in terms of dealing with stage fright. The most important thing to do is to take action because that nervousness and that fear, it just grows and grows the more you think about getting on stage and the more you hold off on doing it. Rip the band-aid. Just rip it. It'll, it might sting a little bit, but it'll, the sting will disappear fast. Get on stage and just try it. But remember, before you do, write your jokes down. Write some material so you have something to say when you get on stage. All right. I hope you found this episode helpful. And if you have a question for the podcast, hit me up on Instagram at your comedy coach. You can send me a direct message there. Ask me your questions and I'll answer it in a future episode. All right, my friends, take care and I'll catch you in the next one. Adios.